You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And is today the day where Texas A&M fans all across the country, all across the universe, no longer have to sit here and wonder do I still trust Jimbo Fisher or should I trust someone else? If you love talk on Texas A&M and all other schools in the SEC, make sure you're listening to Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy at Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks out all 14 teams, including everything going on in the upcoming College World Series, the NCAA basketball, and of course, preparation for the 2021 college football season. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So before we dive into that, the biggest thing of all is that Texas A&M is going to be trying to play for an opportunity to go to the college football playoff. Now, the good news is, is that they don't get there in 2021. There's a very good shot at the same roster, or at least a big proponent of the roster returns for 2022. They're going to be in line because of, of course, the new college football playoff format that's supposed to be available that season will improve to 12 teams instead of four. But the easiest way to get into the college football playoff is, of course, winning the SEC. It feels like nowadays, no matter if you are the runner-up or the winner, you're in the conversation for the college football playoff. But if you are the winner, nine times out of ten, it usually means that you're undefeated or have one loss, which would fit the criteria for a four-team playoff pitcher. And on top of all that, you also then would have a conference championship, which does make a big deal because, again, You look at the Pac-12. They sometimes have a two-loss team that wins the conference championship. Is that enough? Every once in a while, you'll see a one-loss or a two-loss team in the Big uh, Big Ten do it. Every once in a while, you'll see the same thing in the Big 12. The ACC and the SEC are really the only two with one loss or fewer that actually get into the college football playoff conversation consistently. Now, in recent years, of course, we have seen it. Guys like Oklahoma, they've gone with one loss. Guys like uh, Michigan State, they've gone with one loss. Uh, Washington, I believe, was actually undefeated the year that they went. So we've seen opportunities to where these teams and these offenses and defenses are playing lights out to where they do go undefeated, and it is an all-undefeated college football playoff scenario. But for Texas A&M, the biggest deal will be getting to the playoff in this year by winning the SEC. Now, everyone has kind of made it official. They know who are the favorites to go to the SEC championship, at least in the preseason. You have Alabama. Why wouldn't you? You have Texas A&M, as you should. You have Georgia, which makes a lot of sense because they actually may have gotten better than they were last year, and they have a full season of a healthy JT Daniels, which does help out. And you have Florida, who is relying on Emory Jones to take over as an upgrade to Kyle Trask, but you also have to realize they still have Todd Grantham, they still have a lot of holes on that defense, and they still don't know what really is going to be the offensive approach. So, Florida is a little bit of a mix. I'll throw Ole Miss into the conversation, even though they've never been to Atlanta, 
that they will at least be competitive with Lane Kiffin. A&M's only loss last year came at the hands of Alabama, and it came in week two of an all-SEC season. Texas A&M this year gets a little bit of a pass because the game will be played on October 9th in Kyle Field, and you will be able to have a little bit more contingency with this offense. If this game was played in week two, like it was last year, with Calzada and Haynes King trying to figure out who's going to be the quarterback, it's a little tough. It is, because neither really have enough starts under their belt to go up against a team that is fresh off a national title. But if you put this game in the middle of the season, week seven, week six, they're going to have some games. They're going to have some They're going to have some playing experiences. And on top of all that, they're going to have at least one SEC game under their belt with Arkansas. So they're going to be able to really set themselves up to solidify, hey, we're here, we're ready, we can, we can play, we can compete, and we truly are the number two team, if not the number one team in the SEC West. Don't deny, there are some holes last year that Alabama will replace, like Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, Jalen Waddell, who did miss the end of the season, but somehow came back and played a pretty significant amount in what you would say off, of, off a torn ACL with uh, Alabama in the national title game. They're losing Mac Jones, and I've come out and said this multiple times. They're losing the key piece of all. It's Steve Sarkeesian. Sark's now in Texas. So you now are banking on Bill O'Brien to pick up the slack and be the exact same OC that Sarkeesian was for Bryce Young, that Mac Jones was. I look at this and I go, listen, if you look at how well put together everything is for Texas A&M, especially in the backfield, Isaiah Spiller, Devon A-Chain, Anaya Smith, Nice Smith can do a little bit of everything. Defensive line, DeMarvin Leal, Jaden Peavy, McKinley Jackson, Jalen Jones, Aaron Hansford in the second in the in the back half of the seven. Look at guys like Damani Richardson as a role player, Leon O'Neal as a role player. They could evenly match up on both sides of the football. It really then comes down to coaching. It really does then come down to coaching. Now, Nick Saban is a juggernaut. And he's a he is one of the best. I think we all know that. But he can't be beat. He just can't be beat by a former Saban assistant. So now you got to see what he can do. If anybody is going to be able to beat Saban this year, it will be Texas A&M. The good news is this game will also be played at home. This game will be played in Kyle Field, which is a massive upgrade with full capacity, with all the all the fans, and with the game being in College Station, it helps A&M. That is a huge advantage. It's also midseason. Another huge advantage. But the biggest advantage of all is that they will have time to prepare. This is really their first big, big game. And a lot of people have circled the calendars. October 9th, this is the game. This is the one I got to watch. This is the one I have to be at. I cannot miss this game. And sure, there's a lot of other good games on that weekend. But that feels like the game that is definitely going to be the one to watch for. Now, if Texas A&M gets past Alabama, they then will probably have a clear shot to go to Atlanta. If they do, they have to face off against likely Georgia. I, I, I've i said this before. I like everything that Georgia did. They also added in Eric Gilbert. They added in uh, Darion Kendrick from Clemson. They're in a really, really, really good spot. Like, this is the year that Georgia has no excuse. They can run through the SEC. I 
get the game number one of the year is going to be a challenging one. I get it. I do. So be it. You got to play Clemson. Whatever. It's Clemson. Everybody knows it's Clemson. Beat Clemson. Beat Clemson. And then literally, you probably will jump up into that number three or number f- number two spot. Like, you win over Clemson, you got that. And if JT Daniels is the real deal, he should be able to beat Clemson to start the year off. Absolutely. At that point, if Texas A&M can get past Georgia, they 100% are in the college football playoff. I've said this for a while. I believe that there are only three teams to really worry about this year in the SEC. I think there's a lot of good teams in the SEC. There's a few elite teams. You have Georgia and you have Alabama, based off of history. You have Georgia, really, because of they have the number one recruiting class. They have a great staff. They have the quarterback, which is something that everyone else in the SEC who's a competitor is really going to be replacing. They have the talent. But at some point, they got to prove it. They got to come out and say, we're here and we're ready to play. And we're not going to blow this for ourselves. If they do that, well, then so be it. I believe that Georgia has the opportunity to be really successful. I believe Alabama could be if Bryce Young and Bill O'Brien get along. If they don't, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be an absolute disaster for Alabama this year. And then there's Texas A&M. They get the offensive line stabilized. I think that they're going to be set. Those are the three. And one of those three will go to the playoffs this year. Absolutely. Right now, if Georgia is as advertised, Georgia likely won't. But that doesn't mean Texas A&M won't. Because if they do get the win over Alabama, I believe that their one loss will come to Georgia in the SEC title game. That will be their one loss on the year. At that point, if you're the runner-up in the SEC, and that's how you lose, undefeated until the title game, you are going to the college football playoff. Hands down, no questions asked. You know what I hate? Paying for things that I don't need, but I have to pay for them because if it's just part of the norm. And one of those things is going to a car park. I know how to install a lot of different parts on my car, but the problem is, is that I don't know where to get the parts. So instead, I had to pay a service fee, a shipping fee, a processing fee, and an installment fee when I could do it myself if I just knew where to look. Now I do. It's called rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 25 years. They have everything from engine modules to brake pads to tail lamps to motor oil. So whether it's for your daily driver or fixing up a classic, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Simply click on the part that you're looking for, the brand, the specification, and of course, the low, low price. Best of all, their prices are theirs to beat. Go visit rockauto.com right now and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need, rockauto.com. It's the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Let's get into the main subject today. Is it time to trust Jimbo Fisher? Is it? Let's be real. There's some hesitancy with Jimbo Fisher. There shouldn't be. But there is. Jimbo Fisher left Tallahassee. And everyone kind of thought he was. Like, let's be real. When that season started to unfold in 2017, there was a nerve around that this maybe, just maybe this was going to be a problem for Texas, I mean, for Florida State. They knew that Jimbo Fisher was getting looked at by the NFL. They knew he was getting looked at by other schools. And with Les Miles slowly becoming less and less 
no pun intended, of a competitor, why not bring Jimbo back to Baton Rouge? He's in the SEC, he has the opportunity to win, and he is a winning coach. There were some thoughts about that. Texas A&M made him an offer he couldn't refuse. 10 years, $75 million up front. 10 years, $7.5 million average salary. That's going to happen. All right, I'm on a plane, I'm coming to College Station. The expectation, though, at Texas A&M never diminished. We got a national championship winning head coach. He is here. He is with our program. That means that we're going to win right away. Pump the brakes, A&M. Pump them. Beep, beep. You're not going to win right away. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to win. It means it takes time. Fisher's system works for Fisher's players. And with Kevin Sumlin... His system worked for Sumlin players. You now have to find the balance of getting the players that are already on the roster in Sumlin's system to learn Fisher's system. And some will, and some won't. And those who will, will expand their roles for 2018. Those who won't, will diminish down the depth chart until you start adding in recruits who will fit exactly what Fisher is looking for at College Station. That's the thing. So... An 8-4 and four season, first year, 7-overtime game against, um, uh, what's it called, against uh, LSU that year. Really good. Really good. Actually, if you break it down, it really is. Last, next season, 2019, the year that LSU comes out of nowhere, blows it up, and absolutely crushes everybody, which was likely going to be the plan if, of course... Jimbo was there. 7-5 season. A&M faced Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson. All within a season when each were considered at one point ranked the number one team. Oh, and LSU. Let's not forget about them. When they were the number one team. In the final game of the season. Where Joe Burrow went out in style. Last year. One game. One game away from a perfect season. That's it. And it was a 28-point loss in Week 2 to an Alabama team that ended up beating Ohio State by the exact same amount of points in the national title. That was it. A&M looked consistent. A&M played smart. A&M had a better offense. They really fixed their defense immensely. They have done everything that you've asked of them. I think there's so much that people don't understand. When it comes to talking about coaching. And this is about life in general. So let me get philosophical with you. Everything we have in life right now. We want it now. There's no more patience. And everyone is guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I'm driving my car. I don't want to sit and wait at five lights. Consistently. I want to get to my spot. Enjoy a nice cold beverage. And hang out with my friends. But the patience of sitting at those lights, making sure that I'm safe, making sure I'm following the right plan to get from point A to point B at my final destination is smart. Trust me, everyone has it. My mom, older lady, she wants things right away. Order something off of Amazon, wants it there tomorrow. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. She gets frustrated when it's not. We're all for this instant gratification. And in reality, we don't get that. There's a few programs that do. 
And I know, here come the haters. But Ed Orgeron got a win really fast in his time when he was at LSU. Yeah, he did. He also took four years and was almost fired before he got that win. He also brought in an offensive mastermind by the name of Joe Brady, who transformed the offense around, found the way to make Joe Burrow a superstar, and made every single one of those wide receivers a can't-miss prospect at the NFL level. And it took him three years. He was hired technically as the interim GM in 2016. In 17 and 18, he was the he was the head coach. And 19, he won it all. It took three years. You want to win it took with Alabama? Three years. Nick Saban was hired in 2007. What happened after that? Well, they went 7-6 and six his first year. So, statistically, Fisher did better. In 2008, they looked a lot stronger, but they lost to Utah in the Sugar Bowl to finish 12-2. and two. And then the next year, they were able to win. They won it all. They got their first uh, They got their first win since 1992 in the national title game over Texas. A lot of people are going to sit here and go, but Texas could have won with Colt McCoy played. They could have, but they shouldn't have, so whatever. It doesn't really matter anymore. That subject is mute. Three years. Building a program doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. You have the opportunity to be a really good program, but it takes time. And that's exactly what Jimbo Fisher has done. He's down to earth. He is a play, he's a player's coach to the T. And he wins. AM isn't losing. They're just not winning enough. And last year, 9-1, win over North Carolina. And on top of all that, the highest ranking in the AP poll since 1939, when they won the damn thing. And we're still sitting here having a question. Well. Do we trust him? Do we trust that he's going to get the path, the, the, the right path? What more do you need? Seriously, what more do you need? You're as close as Georgia is. And Georgia still feels like it's a mile away. There's one team that you got to beat in the SEC. One. You beat them, you're likely in. And then once you're in... If you're as talented as you say you are, the other three teams that you could potentially face in the national title and in the semifinals, you should clobber. You gotta beat Alabama. That's it. And you know what? If you do, great. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. You still can be successful. But we gotta stop with this. This whole... Do we trust him? Do we not? Best way I can put it is every single box over the last three years, Fisher has checked. Recruiting, top 10, check. Winner, never had a losing season at Texas A&M, check. Improvement, 7-5 to 9-1, check. Toughness, definitely check. Plays against really good opponents. Plays against really good teams. Consistently. Effort. I watched that Alabama game. A&M didn't give up in that game. They just knew that it was over, but they're not going to give up. Fisher said back in 2017 as introductory press conference that he's trying to build on four principles. Toughness, effort, discipline, and pride. He's crossed every single one of those boxes off. 
The problem is that there's only four teams. There's four who get the opportunity to go to the college football playoff every year. And because if you're ready to be there, you expect Jimbo Fisher to bring you there in 2018, in 2019. He could have brought you in 2020. He really could have. However, at some point, the BS stops. Jimbo Fisher's doing everything in his power going into 2021 to be successful. And if you don't understand that, then maybe you need to lower your expectations and be patient. Because I do believe he will take Texas A&M to a college ball playoff. And likely even a national title championship game. Their first, and potentially their first win since 1939. But at some point, there is a level. And we're at that level. Put your faith in Jimbo Fisher. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now you know the Built Bar code of the past, nine unique flavors, each covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. So no matter what your nougat center is, whether that be a caramel brownie, whether that be a cherry or a mint, you always will have the delectable chocolate on the outside. The bars are low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. I start my day off with a peanut butter brownie bar because it has 19 grams of protein, 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and there's not a product like this out on the shelves. Plus, if you want to avoid the dad bod this upcoming Father's Day, make sure you get your dad a box of Built Bars. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. No matter what you're trying to bet on this upcoming year, make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to make all your bets in the sporting action. Get all the latest news and odds in the sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't sound the silence anymore as this could be your chance to get into the game and help your teams as they're making their runs in the playoffs. Head over to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, I can get you caught up on everything you need to know in just the right amount of time simple. I won't be the guy doing it, but Peter Kowski and the locker today proved it. Peter breaks down all major news, including everything happening around NFL camps, of course, the NHL playoffs, the MLB regular season, and naturally, the race towards the NBA finals. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right. Let's close the show out with some news around the upcoming league and where former Texas A&M players are landing. According to the Tulsa World's Kelly Hines, the University of Tulsa has added multiple transfers from Texas A&M, including recently Trey Von Fuller. Fuller entered the NCAA transfer portal as a graduate transfer on May 4th after not being on the spring roster in the Aggies and now will play his final college football season with the Golden Hurricanes. Now, according to the NCAA ruling that players could transfer on one time without sitting out, it is provided that as long as it's not within the same conference. However, as a graduate transfer, Fuller would not have to sit out even if that was the rule. He was a former four-star commit at Athens, Texas in the class of 2016. He made his commitment to Texas A&M and he and Bo, uh, his coach both let other schools know he was locked in. Because of that, the only other school that was that offered him uh, a, a deal was Stanford. So that really kind of hurt his, his overall stats and it didn't allow him to really also re-up and recruit 
when you start looking at you know his overall role. The redshirt freshman uh, finished his first season on campus in 2016 after putting on some weight. He didn't play that year in 2017. He played in all 13 games as primarily a special teamer. He had five tackles on the year in 2018. He saw action again as a special teamer and finished with six tackles. He received more playing time than special teams going into 2019. He finished with 10 tackles, 1.5 tackles for loss and a pass breakup. This past season, though, he only saw action in four of the 10 games and did not record a stat. He ends his A&M career with 21 tackles, 1.5 tackles for loss, and one pass breakup. At the end of the day, this is the reality of the sport. Sometimes you last, sometimes you don't. You never really know what's happening with Texas A&M. You never really know what's happening with your program. But if you sometimes do not have a really good start, it could hurt your finish with the program. And now, for Fuller, he's going to end his time as a college player with a different program. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Lockdown Aggies. We'll be back on Friday talking all things about Texas A&M. See you then. And remember, you give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.